0: Welcome to Pilot Boys episode 144. Today we have a news and notes that's a little bit of a grab bag. We're kind of grabbing some random topics. We'll have some sports some basketball and some football, of course. We'll have a little bit of politics sprinkled in a little bit of business news for you and some some strong opinion, opinionating from V and myself. So Without further ado, strap up those seatbelts, put the tray tables up, Pilot Boys are about to take off.
1: Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you will get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture.
0: And here are your hosts, Vishwant and
1: Partha. Partha, isn't technology a beautiful thing? You're live and direct from Italy. Uh, That's
0: crazy, dude. We, That's don't, crazy. we don't
1: we don't take a week off on this podcast. We made that uh-huh. that commitment, uh, no matter what the scenario is. How is Europe treating you so far?
0: It's hot, bro. It's actually like much hotter than LA. It's like a hundred degrees right now. There's this heat wave going on. There's like fires, so it's pretty oh, much shit. Like
1: California. Oh shit. That's not, that's, that's, that's an interesting town to be there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Funny because I didn't realize how much travel happens in Europe over the summer as well. So it's like a lot of folks are leaving the city centers and heading out to countryside or to the beach towns or whatever. But dude, like Europe is, I mean, it's obviously got a lot of history and it's really cool. Um, But it's, it's really eerily similar to Mexico city.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's what makes Europe interesting is like all of Europe together. It's like traveling, you know, making a trek from one state to the other, right? So yeah. to another, so you can see a whole lot, and that's why travel and commuting is so prevalent. In addition, the the convenience of the train system out there. Hint, hit United States. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: the issue in the states, I think, is it's the geography. We have so much more land that you have to traverse. That it makes the prospect of updating our rail lines that have been laid already just really capital inefficient.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think most of the trains we could we could utilize now are like within within large states. I know that there's a planned train between Austin, Dallas, and Houston that I'm aware of, as well as one between Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Columbus. Um, it's easy to see, kind of like. You know the negatives but what would the benefits be right like yeah. the tra- uh
0: the trains in california are excellent too so there there is you know there's some in
1: and in it, the northeast in yeah. the northeast they're pretty good too like in the, the dc new york pennsylvania well, trains. To, we,
0: you know we, we could definitely use some high-speed trains between columbus dallas houston atlanta you know yeah. nashville Birmingham, all the all the cities that get skipped.
1: Yeah, it would be it would be nice, and it would bring us into the 21st century. And also, it would reduce. You know, we have a lot of roads and uh, bridges and things that are out of date in the United States. The train system uh, solves some of the some of those issues in terms of wear and tear because less commuters, less drivers uh, would help, and then also. Um, the efficiency of the trains is always something um, that's always been impressive to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: But with that said, you are in uh, you are in Italy. The, the feed seems good. Your Wi-Fi seems good. Uh, let's get that's, let's get that's in.
0: That's the benefit of Italy, by the way, as opposed to like when I was in Mexico, it was so spotty.
1: Oh yeah, that, that it's. You know, there are a lot less people over there than there were in Mexico City, so <laughs> I'm sure the bandwidth isn't as much of a concern.
0: Exactly. So where do you want to start, V? You want to start? And by the way, let's let just, is opinionating a word? Opining, maybe, is what I was going for. I with. think it's opining.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure. Opinionated.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah you are opi- as you can yeah. hear on the podcast, you know, even even the most basic of words sometimes can get the best of us.
1: Yeah. You you skip that you skip that part in grammar school. But you know, speaking of <laughs> complexities, there are so many things about the English language that don't make any sense and they're just made up rules. So it's yeah. okay to make mistakes every once in a while.
0: Yeah. So, so like let's, get in, let's get in. let's get
1: into it. I I I'm not sure where I want to start. One thing one of the stories that was that was fun for me was uh was, you know, during adult moment in the sports world seeing uh Lamar, Lamar uh, LeBron James and DeMar DeRozan, I said Lamar I put their names together, uh, uh, LeBron James and DeMar DeRozan show up uh, and play it at the infamous Drew League, kind of this under-the-radar organic league in LA where a lot of players has a deep, rich history. It's in the community um, and it's completely free, but for years, NBA players have shown up and... LeBron decided to make his presence known, um, and and played an incredible game—a close game, surprisingly. Two yeah. NBA All Stars show up, and some some a squad of Drew League uh, semi-pros uh, took them down to the wire. Uh, it was it was pretty fun to see, and you were. It's good to see these games because you can really really see the difference in talent level between an NBA level player. And even some of these guys who are semi-pros, they're not, they're semi-pros and some of them do play pro, you know, they're just not in the NBA, but you could just see Lamar. Why do I keep doing that? Mm -hmm. LeBron, LeBron and DeMar were just on a different planet and different stratosphere than than the guys they were playing against. And
0: I think it also shows like in a pickup game, there's like a limit in terms of like how much a player can influence the game. Right. But when you get into actual professional basketball, that's the beauty of the schemes and the coaching and the strategies that are being run and the ways players are being utilized. So LeBron obviously went out, put up 42 points, had like a very NBA stat line for himself. But it's a very different level of effort, a very different game that he played at Drew League versus anywhere else. And I just think that's like really cool as a basketball fan to see a player. Um, be able to thrive in different ways and different contexts within their sport.
1: Yeah, and also take the time to um, to to stay rooted in, in in the game. That's what the Drew League, I think, provides to a lot of these guys. Is it keeps them connected to kind of the essence and the and the, the genuine love for the game. That sometimes you get lost when you become a professional. You deal with the NBA schedule. You deal with all the media. You deal with everything that comes with it for these guys sometimes to just be able to like go back to their roots and just, you know, show up at a gym and, you know, pick up a team of guys and and play, I think is also kind of the attraction of this league. Um, And the fact that it is so community rooted in, in LA as well, um, I think is, is what draws a lot of guys to it. Um, Kyrie Irving, was supposed to play as well, um, and that would have been interesting to see him and LeBron play together. But as with all things Kyrie, don't believe what you hear or, or what you read because you never know what actually is going to happen. Uh, I don't even know if he ever said he was going to play, but that rumor started and he didn't show up.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Blue League uh, commissioner, Dino, uh, was saying in, in his interviews he's like I was told like this was a, a firm thing and I think they even had probably had a jersey and stuff laid aside for him but then there was a photo on Twitter of Kyrie helping uh, at, at another coach's basketball camp that was happening the same day same time so I don't know if it's a crossed wires thing or you know last minute decision making thing but uh, it would have been really cool to see Kyrie there as well, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't close the door on that if he's out in LA. There's a chance he could do it. You know. Next
1: well, week. the the thing that would have made it crazy is the LA media and LA Lakers fans, who are never short of conspiracy and gossip stories around the Lakers. Would have definitely been talking for the next two weeks about the Kyrie trade to the Lakers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been the non stuff. Maybe that's the reason that he backed out. He's like, maybe I don't want to deal with this.
0: Yeah, right <laughs> wasn't it, was, it, was it LeBron who went and watched a League game a couple weeks ago?
1: Uh, I'm was not sure. A like lot of it? guys. A lot of guys. Um, there was a
0: headline I saw about and this. May have been summer league, but it was. LeBron on one side of the court, Westbrook. Yeah, it was the Summer League. It was Summer League. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I would. I, I, that's one place I would not. One reason why I would never want to play for the Lakers. I wouldn't want to listen to all these stories that these guys make up about yeah. about and like it's so irrelevant. LeBron and and Russell Westbrook don't like each other anymore. Like. And then they had to put out this news story today about um, LeBron, AD, and and Russell getting on the phone and, and talking about how they're going to figure things out. It's like, it's never ending the drama and the soap yeah. opera around,
0: yeah. or, or around this. I mean, team. the media headline around three three people doing a conference call is a little bit ludicrous, especially because they're teammates.
1: Yeah, and I and that's that's the thing. I think a good thing to talk about about the nba is like all these reporters you know brian windhorse the all these people that become personalities because of reporting news and you know um every rumor they make into a headline i don't know if they're what the veracity of any of their sources are anymore but it's just like let's throw something out that's 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 this gossipy that's It's Twitter and Instagram friendly and whether it's true or not, it creates a cycle of news for a few hours and then they move on from it. Right. Like whether it's the trade rumors, free agency, and down to these little nuances now about like personality clashes between players. Like it's frustrating when you really just love the game of basketball to deal with all this extra bullshit. You understand why it's important because it keeps the NBA in the news. It keeps a larger group of people entertained um, that may not be core basketball fans, but it's, it really gets pretty ludicrous. uh,
0: Yeah. You know, that same, same kind of sentiment could be extended to business media as well. I think the way that we, we talk about and cover business is what incentivizes the attention seeking billionaire behavior that we have in our society today. Same thing with attention seeking celebrities, right? Like, it's all from this media ecosystem, which in itself is like a bunch of people who, who really don't know anything talking a lot and working as hard as they can to create relevance or storylines out of things, right? And it's you, you'll have your nuanced thinker here and there. But at the end of the day, like the way we've constructed our media landscape, whether it's business, sports, entertainment, we've created a culture in which we, we don't actually think about the craft anymore. We don't think about the goal of the craft either. We just focus on what it looks like and we look for ways to meme people or to bring people down. And it's, it's an interesting phenomenon when you see the impact it's had on sports. I think sports has the, since it's a, a more concentrated ecosystem of players that are in the spotlight, you have a very, very radicalized portion of this. And, Um, you know, in business, there's a broader set of players, but the same principles apply, you still have the same few that get the media get the attention. And, you know, their actions are very much driven based on that.
1: Yeah, and and what really matters, you know, I sent you that, that article last week about Bill Gates and Elon Musk posting two tweets like 12 minutes apart. Guess which one got more likes bill gates made an announcement that he's he's donating an additional 20 billion dollars to charity um and elon musk posted like a meme of hunter biden and they said guess what which one got more likes and it was like it was literally night and day the difference between the number of people that cared about the bill gates headline versus people that cared about the stupid meme that elon musk posted so it's just like it's just like that's part of it is the incentive the we can blame the media all we want, but how much of this falls on the people who are tuning into this media, right? Because we dictate what we care about dictates what they create, and this shows what we care about more than anything else. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well said.
0: Well said. I think that the uh, the bigger picture of this too is you know thinking about what are the incentives that were spreading to the next generation in terms of how we do business and I think, and how we make decisions in general societally. And I think we're headed for, or we're really in a period of massive change in terms of how we make decisions, what we value, the drivers that really force us to you know, decide how we work, how long we work, you know, how do we marry or settle down or partner and you know, who do we do it with? we're all reassessing all of those values as a society right now. And essentially, I think rebuilding in a sense from scratch. Yep. Yep. We are.
1: We are. I mean, we started with LeBron. We went, we went a little bit far, uh, a little bit far from that topic, but it all wound together. Well, I mean, the other interesting news story that I will lean on you to kind of explain is the significance of this new $10 billion, Telescope um, and what it is doing for our understanding of the universe around us.
0: Oh yeah, this is a tough one to lean on me for since I I haven't really caught up on on NASA stuff. But the understanding is that this gives us the deepest view into space we've had yet. Um, space is an interesting thing because we can see much further than we can go, and the things yeah. that we see are are historical. They're not actually current as well, and so. It's an interesting thing because i think from a curiosity standpoint what nasa is doing what spacex is doing all that is really interesting but i think from a practicality standpoint I, i genuinely don't think we'll see anything in our lifetimes from all of this work and maybe not for a few lifetimes outside of you know mining an asteroid or mining on the moon and uh doing the things that you know really power our economy but i think from from the broader lens, the investigation of the universe is in a sense an investigation into ourselves. It's just by observing the outside and understanding how other solar systems, galaxies, operate and are structured, we gain a better sense of how our world works and operates and is structured. And there's a lot of really beautiful symmetries in our world. For example, the, um, the size of the sun in our sky, relative to our orbit around the sun. From our perception, the sun is on average the exact same size as the moon, which is much, much closer. And you have, you know, that's one kind of tip of the iceberg thing, but there's a lot that you can learn about geometry and the way the universe is arranged by just investigating our direct solar system. And a lot of what we will soon find out is how space time is affected by even just the observation of it. That's another kind of principle of physics here that I think we're not at yet from a science standpoint. We know we know when you observe something it operates differently than when you don't observe it. But the question is how does that how does that operate from the lens of being able to view kind of way into the abyss here. When we're yeah. looking at things that are millions of years old and the light has taken millions of years to travel to us what does our observation do and are those things really even real to us because they're images but is it really practical to observe these things and you know these are all questions i mean that's kind of the purpose of science is to explore and discover Um, and i think that leading with curiosity is an amazing thing so we'll see what what other things we learn i'm sure we'll find a few more planets that are deemed to be inhabitable by scientists where life could be forming. Um, We've already seen a few other, uh, what they call Goldilocks planets, where life could exist. And part of the aim of uh, folks like Elon is to move humanity to some of these other planets. Um, So I think that there's a a strong force kind of building in that direction, um, pretty aligned with the climate change world as well.
1: Yeah, and that's actually, it's funny because it's, it seems like that's such a, a noble and great cause. But it's like, why why take us to another planet and ruin that planet as well, right? That's the other side of this. It's like, yeah. um, and then just the overall, you know, my takeaway from this is kind of the overall, like, like you said, curiosity is a good thing. Um, and kind of this kind of fundamental lack of belief um, or arrogance of human beings to think that we are all that's out there in this infinite, essentially vast universe that goes well beyond any of our understanding or any of our understanding of time um, or perception of time um, to actually believe that we're the only things that matter um, to the entire universe is what's happening here on earth. Um, it's just a, it's an interesting, uh, interesting thought. And I think, like you said, leading with the curiosity um, is important to ask more questions than just always have the answers, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's really what, if nothing else, hopefully the takeaway from this James Webb Telescope is, is that there is so much more that we don't understand and we can be curious about it. And it's okay not to always have all the answers all the time.
0: Yeah. I think when it comes to things like very far off science, or you know, space discovery and exploration. It also begs the question: why why not explore more on Earth? Considering the majority of this planet is still undiscovered to us, there's so yeah. many mysteries here that we haven't yet figured out. And there's other elements of the human body that are very tied to the sun and the moon as well. And so there's there's kind of grander questions I think that that we all need to consider deeply about. Whether the human body can exist in an environment with different gravity, different planetary systems around it that have different impact on how we're constructed.
1: Yep. Yep. Next topic is uh, you know something that co- has caused a lot of headlines is uh, Joe Biden's recent meeting uh, in Saudi Arabia um, with the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, who's a controversial figure. Joe Biden has been on record saying that he would hold him accountable for being responsible for the killing of a journalist, um, a journalist in Saudi Arabia, um, a few years back. Um, but you know, as with everything, uh, politics, um, you can't be held accountable or none of these people can be held accountable to their world, um, to their word. Right. And, um, somebody that i saw a meme going around like uh you know having having faith or belief in a politician is like believing the stripper actually likes you right <laughs> <laughs> <That's> really, <yeah. laughs> but it's uh it's it's interesting to understand the complexities of our relationships in the world when you really look at how much we are dependent or mutually uh, dependent on Saudi Arabia. They buy a lot of weapons from us. Um, they are the core controller of the oil and gas industry. Um, and um, basically you saw Joe Biden fist bumping this guy acting like there was nothing wrong, you know And I think what this actually exposes is a reality that we as Americans don't want to deal with. Is there are things like the Khashoggi killing that, that the United States is participating, the CIA is participating in every single day. Um and you know, not saying either is right or wrong, but it's always been interesting how we try to vilify um foreign governments for doing things that seem morally wrong or are morally wrong. Um, but we don't ever want to reflect in the mirror and look at the same things that we do. Um, and I think that's pretty true for every country, right? They look at countries that look at the United States as a bad guy. They probably don't look in the mirror. But it's just fascinating to see how much politics is based on what you need from the other person now. There are no kind of codes or standards. Everything is everything is is everything is malleable. Right. And that's what this shows. like for Joe Biden and it what type of precedent are you setting? Like going from saying that this outcasting this guy, saying he's evil to fist bumping him is a pretty stark contrast. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I think so too. And I mean, if you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard many a rant of how we feel that there's a lot going on behind the scenes and we're maybe being presented with an image of what um You know certain countries want us to think that they're like yeah what our country wants us to think other countries are like and that is looking to separate is not moving with the best intent so if you're if you're looking at someone else and saying they're the bad guy you have that same thing within you and when we look at our leaders and we see them point to somebody else and say they're evil really speaks to a lack of understanding within themselves because we carry the same evils as anybody else.
1: Yep. Yep. 100%. 100%. Oh, speak, speaking yeah. of speaking of evils, I mean, an uh, interesting headline and um, in a story we've talked about multiple times. Deshaun Watson case came out saying that the Texans settled 30 cases, which immediately kind of had me... Scratching my head because there was only twenty-four documented cases, um, but they settled thirty different cases. Um, they came out and made a pretty strong statement, stating that you know that you know they they are not you know saying what happened or what not what didn't happen, but they are uh, against um, against sexual assault of any kind, and that um, they basically what the Texans were doing were renting hotel rooms for Deshaun Watson to have these massage therapy sessions in. Um, and they took a pretty immediate accountability to like say, I think probably just distance themselves from this story and this headline and say, hey, we're not going down with this ship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's so, this this whole thing is so weird. But I think if you were if you were in that situation and you spoke up, I'm I think it's a good thing that all of these people are speaking up. I think this is going to be the most expensive massage of Deshaun Watson's life. And, uh, same for the Texans. And, you know, it, it was highly irresponsible to know what's going on around hotel rooms like this. Like, I don't know what, and
1: create an NDA for him, right? Yeah. That's, I don't yeah. know
0: what kind of treatment that, you know, these teams are used to giving players, but it speaks also a sense of, Hey, there needs to be accountability if you have a star. And, you know, that's the difference between winning cultures and losing cultures. Like we talk about this all the time with like the Ravens, the Steelers, the the Patriots, um, nobody, nobody gets special treatment. You know, that's just, it's not how it works. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger a little bit, but you know, (laughs) Ray Lewis.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is, it is what it is. It's, it just underlines this kind of culture that everyone knows is behind the scenes, you know, um, it's all about not getting caught, you know, and I think there's a lot of uh, illicit behavior that happens in 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 kind of celebrity and sports culture that is like swept under the rug until somebody in the media exposes it um and this just seems to be another one of those those cases where uh essentially the only reason that anyone's being held accountable is because they got caught you know um and and that's you know it's just unfortunate that that's kind of the, the standard we're still living in in terms of uh in terms of uh <laughs> a lot of these things in in the 21st century
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so um on that note, I think we're, we're at the end of our news and notes, and we'll be back with a deep dive shortly for you to tune into. Uh, that being said, V. Uh, this has been you know it's nice to kind of do this from abroad. I almost feel like I have a different perspective on the news. We should do
1: we should do, you should look up a major news headline out there and we can talk about it.
0: Yeah, seriously.. <laughs> and uh, you know that being said, uh, as always remember to stay moving and be you. You are fly. boys out. help. boys we get